1: to the Believe in Badgers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network presented by betonline.ag. Once again, I'm Matt Perkins, joined, as always, by Badger legend, the Hebrew hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Bernie, how are you doing today?
0: <laughs> Got a fullback on, man. This is a good day.
1: It's a really you big to day. be a Badger. It's a uh, really big day. Uh, Bernie, Bernie, I'm yes. doing the intros today because okay,
0: I'll let you we do have...
1: It. We have, for my money, the two greatest fullbacks in the history of the University of Wisconsin and the two greatest number 45s in the history of the University of Wisconsin. We've got Alec Ingold back joining me and Bernie. And we couldn't do this without our unofficial, hopefully soonly official, third co-host, David Mormon. David, great to have you back as always. Alec, welcome.
2: Boys, it's a pleasure. I think uh, that number 45 thing, that's a big deal. I think uh there's like two fullback numbers it's you're either 34 or you're 45 and I was that freshman year Demo and I were at the Jope residence hall I'm rocking number 51 during training camp and then that's not you know that's that's a big greasy linebacker number definitely the last scholarship number that they gave out and then it's like okay we can't use that as a fullback anymore and it goes into forty five, and it's like you—you got to start the tradition strong. Like you got to keep it going. That's then you're done. That's, I mean, it is what it is.
0: You showed sure well, up, and they gave you fifty one.
2: I mean, I didn't. So the the story behind that is is actually pretty pretty cool. Coach Chris' dad wore number fifty one. Okay. So like it's it's an ugly looking number, but it's a very meaningful number, and that's exactly how I play football. Very ugly, but very meaningful football.
0: <laughs> I actually completely disagree. I think your game is, is like very sexy as a fullback. <laughs> so just take, take that how you want to take it. But um, dude, that's funny. Cause I came in with 49 and I hated that number. I was like, this is the ugliest thing. And it somehow 49 to me is cursed. So every time I see it, I'm very scared of it. Cause everyone got hurt who wore it when they redshirted and it just happened. I mean, I, only hurt my foot. It wasn't anything terrible, but so 49 ha- had to get ejected very quickly. Bad Thank you have,
1: Speaking of bad sexy yeah, bad numbers bad. though, uh, Demo, is it possible for an O-line number to be sexy? I think there's one sexy offensive line number and that's it.
3: I think 68 was pretty damn sexy. If I say so myself, I think I did it proud. Uh, <laughs> dude, it's funny. You mentioned the fullbacks in the end of the show, Matt, I, people forget. I played a little fullback in my day, my senior year, formation, Yeah, large. I mean, South Florida and Northwestern. I threw in 46. So I was close. I was in the 40 range, wasn't the backfield. So I got to live the dream a little bit. Um, but I think in my own line day, sixty-eight I may mean, look pretty damn good. I will say no 69, but 68 is a
1: bit of well. Now, I'm a big fan of 55 personally, but uh, that's a different story for a different day. No matter what number you wear or what your nu- lucky number is, though, you can make the most of that over at our sponsors at betonline.ag where they remain your number one source for all of your online sports wagering needs. You name it, they've got it over there at bet online. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit using our promo code believe that's B L E A V at bet online where the game starts. We are going to get restarted here. Uh we always like to go back. Burn what do you always say? What's the first question you always ask? So we're going to ask it to Alec right now.
0: Let's talk. Where where did little Alec start playing football? Like, where did that come from?
2: Wow. Where did it come from? I remember one day specifically, I'm in Green Bay, Wisconsin, rigging, running around. I'm eight years old, schoolyard, junkyard dog type of dude on, on the playground. We're We're playing ball. I remember... So my parents got me a watch. Like they bought me a watch because I would never get home on time. Never, never, ever, ever. I was outside playing in the yard, wherever I was going. So they're like, all right, Alec, six o'clock, you got to get home. You got to get home. Dinner's on the table. Like, let's go. I'm like, yeah, okay. I got the watch. I'm going to be on time, whatever. I check my watch. I'm playing with the guys. It's like 555. We're down two scores. (laughs) Like we're not, we're not stopping. I'm not going home, taking this L. Boys get back, throw a touchdown pass. To one of my best friends, he scores a touchdown. We get another pick six, whatever we end up winning. This is like in the, in the yard, right? Like this is down at a park down the street. I check my watch. We're up. We're winning. It's six Oh five. I'm late. I'm like, dang, I, I book it up this hill. I'm sprinting. I'm going as fast as I can up this hill, trying to like make it back on time. Like I'm already late. I get up to the top of the hill. I see my dad on the front porch. I'm like, this is it. I'm toast. Done. Dunzo. Eight year old Alex walking up, like super embarrassed. Don't want to like. Don't want to make eye contact. I remember he's sitting there. He's like, "Hey, you want to go play catch?" I was like, "Are you? What is? What's going on here? Is this a trick question? Like what? Like I thought I was going to get in trouble. He wants to play catch in the front yard. Whatever. So we start throwing the ball around, and I start hearing these sounds like in the backyard. Like I couldn't really figure out what the sound was. I was like, "Dad, what's going on over there?" And so he brings me over the corner the yard. He puts me on his shoulders. And if I was really quiet and like, I reached up as high as I could, I could see stadium lights. He's like, that's the high school football field down the street, like a couple miles away. And I remember like at that moment was like, it was over with. That's when it was like, you're going to be a baller. You're going to play ball. You're going to do whatever it takes. You know, I could feel that energy from so far away. Friday night lights, Bayport, Wisconsin, Swamico, Wisconsin, like, little Alec fell in love with the game right then and right there. And I was willing to do anything, run through a brick wall, say whatever. Fullback quarterback linebacker, whatever it was, kicker punter. I was going to play it just to get on the field to be able to make some plays. So that was the moment where I fell in love with the game, hands down, bar none.
0: That's a great story, man.
2: I mean, that's, that's what I, uh, whenever anyone asks me, it's like, I can close my eyes and I can remember that. And that's like training camp days, middle of August, hundred degrees, hundred percent humidity down here in South Florida. Like, I'm gonna close my eyes and think about that one, just to get that extra juice to get through it. Like, dude, we're playing a game. We're playing. We're playing the football game right now.
0: Um, uh, dude, I love that. Um, so when do you put a helmet on then?
2: Oh, I was um third, fourth grade, maybe. So right around that same time, I was about eight, nine, ten years old. Pop Warner down the street, you know, playing ball pads way too big for you. Like you're running around. I I mean, that's, that's where I kind of fell in love with it, man.
0: Nice. So, t- so walk us through your like high school progression. Like what, how, how did you get from high school? When did you know like football was going to be something you could take to a different mm. level? Um, and then we'll go into the why Wisconsin, but let, let's hit that first. So my freshman year of
2: high school, I'm like 160 pounds. I cut weight in wrestling down to 155 152 weight class and then this next sophomore year of football so i'm 155 pounds this is january february ish fast forward about six seven months i put on 40 50 pounds of like like that was the growth spurt that was the moment where it's like okay this is real you're 200 pounds now you could play ball you're a sophomore you're, you're starting on varsity. And that was kind of that jump start into, you know, let's, let's play some real ball. And that's when you kind of get invested in the weight room, that sophomore year, you have a good, good year turns into a junior year where you're a starter now, all conference, all region. And then that senior year is when you really turn up and that's where state player of the year, the offers come in really late. You get to meet the handsome David Mormon on an official visit the Craig house of the world. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how my progression really started, but that but that growth spurt, that freshman sophomore
0: year—that's that's when it really got real, dude. So okay, oh sorry, go ahead. No, go for it. I just want to know. I just want to know. I was going to say, David, share share those interesting first meetings. Like what was going through? Because the weirdest thing, and this is so bizarre, but Jake Wood sent an email. Because this is all we had, you know, Jake Wood, the Team Rubicon, like big, you know, ESPN oh, yeah. all over the place sent a freaking email with everyone's email who was going to be going to Wisconsin saying, Hey guys, just introducing myself. And at that point, like on AOL, I don't know what to do with that. Like, what do you, I don't even know what the reply all was. So it was just so interesting. Cause that's my first, like, Hey, getting to know the dudes, if that makes sense. So wait, David, ask your question. Cause I'm really interested. No, I guess. I mean, We can dive into that because Alec and I, we I mean, our
3: recruiting class is really unique because half of us were Gary Anderson recruits and the other half were Paul Chris recruits. And so I think going in, there was a little bit of like animosity between the two crews initially, which was curious. And eventually, like you all move in with each other um, in varsity quarters and you get past that and you start, you know, once you're in the weight room, everybody's equal playing field and you become boys with everybody. It's a pretty natural progression, Bernie, as you know, like as soon as you're in it, you're a part of it. Um, but my question for Alec is going back to your high school and in youth, like anyone who knows you really well, or has followed you throughout your career, like understands that growing up, you had two loves, it was wrestling and it was football and your old man, shout out Pat Ingold, is a, you know, national champion wrestler, all American wrestler in high school, wrestling at Northern Michigan. Like that's his blood. That's his gig. Like, what made you choose football over
2: wrestling? Dude, I took my first steps on a wrestling mat. Like that was where I grew up competing. I loved the. I love the aspect of being on an island, right? Like you are out there is just you versus another man. Whoever's better gets their arm raised. Like that was some savage stuff, but that's where I grew up. Like that's either you're better than him or you're not. And there's no hiding it. And I felt like that was something that I'll never regret, never miss. But at the same time, then practices, bro, like making it through a full season was an absolute accomplishment. And I remember we're starting to get recruited that junior senior year. And offers started coming in for both. And my dad's like, dude, Alec, love you to death. Went through this wrestling path. He's like, it's going to be five times harder than anything you do on a football field. And no one's going to care. He's like, just, just want to put that out for you. Like, no one is going to care. Like, let's, let's go all in on the football thing. Just, just from experience or whatever. And now it's like, looking back on it, I love watching the way, wisconsin wrestling program like puts on a show it's like primetime fight night like they got the the lights going they got everything rolling uh got to go talk to the boys over there uh right before senior night dudes are juiced it's it's an electric factory over there it's, it's exciting but yeah when my dad had that conversation with me at like 17 18 years old i was like okay let's let's do this football thing and kind of transitioned into that that stratosphere so to speak
1: well, Demo, I want to know, so you're on you're on an official visit, the first time you meet this wrestler football badger from Green Bay. What is your first impression of Alec?
3: Well, I, Alec was wearing like a Aeropostale t-shirt and then bedazzled jeans. That was his go-to fit. So I was like, you know, I and I you know, I was an idiot. Like I'm a big old lineman. Like I was wearing sweatpants and my varsity jacket. It's so not much better, but just like a different end of the spectrum, you know what I mean? And so you're right up to the bat, and you're like, is this, who is this guy? Um, then Alec's very outgoing, and I like to think I am as well. And, you know, initially we just hit it off and, uh, you know, Alec was originally committed to Northern Illinois and a kid I went to high school with, Ryan Roberts, he, uh, you know, was committed to Northern Illinois as well. And I think they both were, you know, having conversations at, at that point. They thought we'd be playing with each other. So we had that mutual connection. You know, obviously we just started talking about Ryan and, and what Northern Illinois is like. And right off the bat, it was like, oh man, like, you know, Alex, somebody that I think I'm going to get along with, you know, really well. Um, and then, the, you know, the summer kicked off. We're all in the same classes and it was honestly, like, you might think differently, but I felt like it was kind of, it sounds, you know, weird, but like almost an instant connection in a weird way. Like we had a group of guys that we, there was nine of us, um, Alec, Craig, Hornybrook. Um, David Edwards, John Dietson and Kyle Penniston and Jake Whalen, Nick, Nick Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. Nick Thomas. And all of us were like boys from like day one. Um, in our first two years before people, you know, started getting draft status or, you know, before people got hurt and transferred and, or stopped playing the first two years, like we, all of us were like, did everything together, like thick as thieves. Um, yeah. And it was, I mean, it was just honestly instant connection with all those guys right off the bat.
2: Yeah. David was on that spectrum of like sweatpants and varsity Jack or whatever he talks about. I had the bedazzled jeans. There's, there's <laughs> records of it. Okay. It, it was there, but this man signing up for classes freshman year took us all out into the deep end. This whole instant connect. You, you can tell he's like, yeah, we're networking. instant connection. I figure it this, that, and third. He's a salesman. He's a straight up salesman. And he sold me on this freaking European history class that destroyed my gen eds. It destroyed my chance at the business school. I'm still mad at you because that was the heart. It should have been the easiest A ever take the U S history class. I already took 30 of them in high school, but you sold me on a pipe dream that just destroyed my business hopes and dreams. That class is awesome. I What are you talking about? Like, no, yeah, just, it was dude. awesome for you and nobody else. And you know it. <laughs>
1: I had one class that destroyed (laughs) I had one class that destroyed me, and that was the African storyteller with Harold Shoyd. That class absolutely That's the only D I've ever had in my life was that class.
0: Rocks for jocks got a D. (laughs) It's almost impossible, but literally I got a D. That one in Atmosphere
2: and Oceanic Sciences also came from the top rope and just (laughs) absolutely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I took that one. I actually actually did well in that class because the tutor and I did the homework together because I couldn't understand anything about it. Our tutor <laughs> Owen, couldn't Daniels, do the Owen Daniels homework. Owen Daniel sold no. me on that one. He's like, oh, I love the weather. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> and then
1: we're at well, the he's a freaking meteorologist. Of course
0: he loves <laughs> you know the weather. That invested in it.
2: <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. David's like, hey, this, this European history class. Lo and behold, he has this just love for Germany, hi- German history and like going to Oktoberfest and traveling Europe. Like I didn't, what are we doing, man? I'm just fascinated <laughs> by history. I don't know. Like I suck at math and like science.
3: Like I could care less about, let's be honest. So like the thing that actually got me going was history. And like a lot of people, my family came from Europe. I've always been fascinated with European history. And so I was like, guys, this is going to be great. Like, it can't be that hard. Right. Like, and I took European history in high school. I'm like, this is going to be easy. Um, I think I did pretty well on it, but like everybody else was like, dude, what the hell? Like, why'd you sign us up for this? Uh, you know, ended up, we, we've all passed. Okay. No one failed. It just might've hurt your GPA when you could have boosted a little bit more. Um, It's funny talking about classes though, because Alec brought up in the start, like he came in as a linebacker, more of an athlete, but they put him in linebacker. All training camp, that first camp, I broke my foot. I wasn't doing anything. I was just watching from the side. But, you know, being able to watch, practice, and not really like worry too much about, you know, playing and getting those reps, um, I would just watch all the freshmen and see what they were doing. And Alec was balling out. At linebacker. I think he, you know, he was on the scout team getting, you know, 13 reps, but all of a sudden he slowly boosted up. And next thing you know, he's getting second team and first team reps at inside linebacker. And I remember we had a scrimmage, and Alec uh picked off Joel Stave, took it to the house for a pick six. At that moment, it was like, oh dude, this guy is like legit has a chance to play on defense, right? Fast forward the rest of the camp. I think we got you know, a couple guys got healthy, some upperclassmen and in Coach Chris, you know, if there was a young player and an older player who are at similar talent levels, he always tended to go a little bit more towards the older guys because they paid their dues and I've always respected him for that. But you know, Alex on the scout team with all of us on defense. And we were walking the big bands class. Alex, remember what week was that? That was going into the Hawaii game? Was that like week two or three?
2: That was week two against Troy. It was Troy. a second second week, yeah.
3: Yeah, week two. Alex and I, so we would go from European history we'd go stop at that subway underneath, uh, um, the bookstore right there on state street. And then we'd like pick up our subs and we'd go to the music building where we went to big bands. Um, which like, I think every athlete has probably been in big bands at some point in their, uh, <laughs> their time at Wisconsin. And he goes, dude, I got to tell you something. Oh no, he was late. He was late to class. And so I was late to class too. Cause I was like we gotta get subway. It's like our thing. Um, <laughs> I'm also starving, but, uh, he was like, I'm like, dude, what's going on? He's like, Oh, coach settle cut me after practice. He needed to talk to me. I'm, I'm turning, I'm going to switch over to uh, running back and I'm probably going to play this week. And I was like blindsided. Cause I'm like, dude, you're a linebacker. What do you mean? Like you're playing running back. And, um, he's like, no, dude, like it's happening. He's taught me the playbook all morning. Uh, Corey's helping me out. Like Darius helping me out. Like I'm going to be playing in most likely short yardage situations, but I'm going to get a lot of playing time this year. Um, and dude, you took it and ran with it, man. Like that was crazy. And thank God they put you at fullback because you were an ugly 45 or running back. But I mean, I just remember that you were the first person in our class to get serious playing time. Um, walk us through what was going through your mind though. When coach Settle pulled you into his office.
2: Yeah, it was kind of wild because, you know, I was one of the last, last offers, right. You think about the, going all the way back to the Gary Anderson recruits or the Paul Christ recruits. Like I was the last offer. I was the lowest ranked guy on rivals. Like I'm showing up. Nobody owes you anything. You're trying to like, you're basically a walk on. That's what I took it as. And you kind of progress with the boys. I'm learning how to play. I was a high school quarterback. I'm learning how to play defense and learning how to play linebacker at the same time, just trying to get out there and be athletic and make plays. And some of it happened once we got some defense installed, like past the base defenses, I had no shot. Like there was no shot I was playing ball. And I think coaches just saw the willingness to play and and to be there with the guys, the little bit of athleticism and the willingness to just do whatever it took to get on the field. Like I didn't really show up with any pride about it. And to be able to have that conversation first with coach Chris and ask me like, Hey man, I, I could really see you making a career out of this thing. Like, I think you could be a running back fullback type of guy what do you think about switching over? And it was like a no brainer. You got to trust your coach in that aspect. You gotta, you gotta be able to get put into the deep end of the water a little bit and see if you can sink or swim. And that was a decision that was made. It was like, let's see how great you can be. Let's switch the side of the ball. Let's make some plays. Let's be a part of the team. You are joining different lift groups. You're with the upperclassmen. Now you're really getting stressed out your entire schedule changes, but let's go see if we can do this thing. And I remember, having that conversation in class and just feeling like, you know, this is going to be a huge challenge. Got to learn an entire playbook. Got to learn how to play running back. Now, fast forward a week, you know, we we're up 21, 0, 28, 0 against Hawaii. And I remember, you know, Alec get, get ready, warm up. This is a night game. And I remember my feet were in the end zone. Like we were backed up. We we're in the end zone facing towards the field house. So it's like the most iconic view in all of college football. And I'm sitting there and my knees are shaking. This is my first snap. I'm like, okay, just don't mess it up. We're running power. Derek is in the huddle. Derek Watt. He's telling me exactly what to do, where to go. Bart Houston takes a snap and I go the wrong way. It was a handoff to the left and I went to the right and he hands the ball off to me backhand. I see everybody going to the left. So I cut, I go to left and the first carry I have goes for like 25 yards and I went the wrong way. And it was just like, okay, you know, that's uh let's go play some ball, man. I had a <laughs> the best yards per carry I've ever had in my life that game. Um has never been replicated ever again. Made forty five
3: and too, because they were kicking their butts so good. It I'm was
2: yeah, it was it was a brutal it was a brutal game, but that was my first snap as a Wisconsin Badger and I was absolutely shaken at the knees, but it was, it was, it was pretty funny.
0: Yeah, the, the counter power is not a normal play. It happened, I guess, one time in, in Wisconsin. Yeah, the linebackers
2: oh. are like looking at their keys. They see a pulling guard, but then they see the running back coming at them. And they're like, what's going on? Wait, what's he happening? just takes off the other way. It was nuts.
1: You got to put that in the playbook then they, they, I mean, they actually, football.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love um, it. Go for it, Matty.
1: Yeah, so no, I, I was going to say, so, so you're on campus your first year, you've got this big goon hanging around with you as, as probably your enforcer, it seems like at this point. Like, what what what's this experience like for you? Are you like, I mean, you talked about just like taking the bull by the horns, but how are you handling all this? And like, what's the toughest adaptation for you? Is it the physical? Is it the mental? Is it time management? Like, what is the most difficult for you to process at the at this point?
2: I don't think going all in was ever an issue like going all in on the playbook, all in in football. That wasn't the issue. The, the crazy part was just like playing and then also like going to the dorms afterwards. Like, I don't think that that's a very <laughs> common experience for a lot of the guys, you know, normally you're all developing, you're all on the same page and all of a sudden you get yanked out and you know, you're traveling and you're not with your boys as much. So I remember just feeling like huge regret of missing out with all my guys in the dorms. We're traveling to a Nebraska game. We're going here, or there. Like it was cool to score touchdowns, be with the guys playing on the field, but like you miss so much development with the freshmen. And that's what everyone says is like, if you're an early guy that's playing early, like do not, do not just go off into the sunset, like be with your boys. But it was hard to like miss out on all those experiences with the guys definitely felt like you're missing out a bunch. So I think those were kind of the moments where I just wanted to be at the joke with the boys hanging out, but then it's like, you kind of had to, you were on a different schedule too. So being able to balance that was probably the toughest for me, but man, it was a, uh, it was a whirlwind for sure. You just kind of hold on and, and just survive through it. Try your best, give your best effort and whatever was put out there was put out there.
1: Well, yeah, it's. A, I was, I was going to say, well, I mean, you talk about just put, putting that effort. Like you talk about how you were like one of the higher rated guys, the two la- lowest rated guys in your class were you and Chris or so I think we can kind of throw out like, some of those ratings. Right. I mean, like, and you guys were like two guys from the class who saw the field first. So uh, Chris
2: or Chris or in that linebacker room, I remember having a conversation with him in training camp and this is towards the end of training camp. I was like, man, you know, what are you thinking? You're going to red shirt this year. You're going to, how are you going to play it out? Like, I know we're kind of fringe guys. And he looked at me like I was nuts. He's like, dude, I am starting this year. What are you talking about? <laughs> and at that moment, I knew that one person's mindset was decided and one I needed to figure mine out. When he told me that I was like, not surprised at all at the, the trajectory he went on because he ended up starting. There was an injury right away. Week one against Alabama. He started the rest of the year. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a conversation we had he's, what, 18, 19 years old at the time? He's like, no, I'm starting, dude. Like, I don't I don't care who's in front of me, who's behind me. I'm going to be a starter. And that was really impressive.
1: So let's talk so, about you guys off the field then a little bit. I want to know, like, <laughs> what does, what's a week, not in season, What what's a weekend where Alec and Demo, what are you guys doing on a weekend that is, when, when you don't have football <laughs> responsibilities? Because I can only imagine some of the, the fun that you got up to.
2: Demo has his own signature, uh, you know, he has habits that we all, you know, model ourselves after. I would like to say he has a demo two for one. He has just an, an exciting exuberance around. He is the party. Yo soy fiesta. David <laughs> Mormon is like bringing everything. He's bringing the energy and the juice with him for sure. like Alec,
3: Alec and I, when there's no football responsibilities, we're very much in the same wavelength. Like we like to get out and, and have a good time. Uh, and you know, sometimes for, <laughs> Alec was better at being more responsible and like, Hey Dave, maybe we should not do that. And I was just like, no, come on. Like we should like, what's going on. Um, but we had like free weekends. I mean, typically Alec and I, we shared a love for like literally sitting on the couch and just like pre-gaming just the two of us and just like watching like funny YouTube videos and like blaring like old, like 2000s, like throwbacks. Like we would have a good time at a party just the both of us. And then we'd end up going to the bars and, you know, I, I, Alec always wanted to go to like W or where his girlfriend Alexa was, where I was like, I'm going to one place, one place only, which is the KK. And the times that I got Alec to come with me to the KK, some of the best nights of our lives. But he wasn't he wasn't as uh, big of a regular as, as I was. But um honestly, like to be to be you know fair with you, Matt, my favorite memories are when we did have football though and practice would end, especially during camp and like you have those grinder days, you finish class and like finally you know, you're back home when you're on the couch. And Alec and I, you know, room together with Craig Howe all through college. And you know, those moments when we get home from practice, you're exhausted. And Alec's on the couch and I would just like plop down right next to him, or vice versa, is always like, What are we eating? And we were both so unhealthy. And we'd like just drive all around Madison, hitting all the fast food spots, or going to like Jordan's Big Ten Pub and getting the the grilled steak or the the steak uh garlic ribeye sandwich, which was like unbelievable, or like going to West town mall, going to Marcus Point, seeing movies. Like that's what we did. We just like would chill out, bro out. It doesn't matter the circumstance. It was always just good to like have somebody that you can rely on to, you know, when you have those hard days, those grinder days, you can kind of escape. Right. And you know, you can debrief a little bit, but also at the same time you just have a buddy, you can like do whatever with and take your mind off football. I think that's probably what most of our friendship <laughs> revolves around. is just like not taking life seriously and just like, Dude, I'm going to cry.
2: Dude, what car what car were you rapping? Was it the Mercury? I had yeah. the dude, our cars are janky as a hell. You had that Mercury. I had the O five Rusted Out Pathfinder. Yep. I had and the O three
3: Mercury Sable and the yep, the
2: Sable. Yeah. And we would roll, we could roll anywhere, anytime, just a couple thieves in the night. Just it it was movies. It was bad food. Honestly, it was it was not good it for not you. Good. We weren't we weren't getting poke bowls or anything like that. We um But no, that was, that was a big thing. And then it was also 2k, a lot of 2k, a lot lot of call of of duty. Um, We were able to kind of, I mean, you guys know, David, he's, he's a a diverse guy. He's got a (laughs) lot of interests. He brings interest anywhere he goes. So we could, it was a Rolodex, man.
3: And Alec was always along for the ride, which is the best part. He would like actually do things. I'd be like, Alec, I'm going to go do this. Do you want to come? And he'd be like, sure, might as well. What am I going to do? So <laughs> we, we bonded on that. Yeah, man, it was, I think, uh, it's, 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 you know, you guys probably know this. It's great to have those people in your life that you can, you know, if you need real level advice, they're the first person you call because they know you better than, you know, most people do. And you can just like relate. And somebody like Alec too is so motivated. He's so on top of his, his stuff and, Um, he's had so much success and he really just has a drive that, you know, I haven't met anybody like him. It a similar drive to have somebody like that in your corner that you can count on. It's pretty
0: special. Any, any like outrageous nights that you guys had or anything doesn't even have to be like completely whacked out. It could be, I don't know, you saw a movie and then something happened. I don't know. I think some of the
2: craziest parts, I I don't know if David's going to say the same thing, probably not, but, um, like the traditions that you have as a family are always important, right? So like Thanksgiving is always right around the Minnesota football game. And I have family two and a half hours away. Like demo would come up with me to green Bay. We'll play our Turkey bowl. That game that's been going on for like years, decades. And David's out there just throwing stiff arms, like hitting the, like, our cousins trying to, you know, dive for catches. Like we're doing all that, man. So like we had different, uh, little quirks about what we did all the time.
3: No, definitely. Like those are great memories. Like going to hang out with his family, it was great. And then like, you know, when even now to this day, like our families are really close When our families get together, you know, it's almost an extension. Right. And we have great memories. And, um, you know, some of my favorite times are our first house after the dorms, you know, after you know our sophomore year, with everybody just like we come over after games, and we lived right across the street from the stadium, so it was always an electric atmosphere. Uh, forty-five Lathrop Street will always go down as um, an unbelievable place. But number
1: forty-five at forty-five Lathrop—I mean,
3: come on, special man! It was like it's meant to be. But uh, my favorite night—I don't know if Alec wants me sharing the story—is like Bernie. You know, after the bowl game, once you're done playing, like you think it's like this this thing where okay, like. Thanks for everything you've done, like go in peace, serve the Lord type thing. But like, no, like it's you finish playing and then you're on your own, man. Like, all right, like how are you getting home from here? Um, and Alec, you know, position, he's gonna go train and, and get ready for the draft and the, the process. So, you know, we have a great night after the pin straight bowl. Alec and I are all in town in New York, having some good good memories. But the next day, Alec's gone, right? And I go home for winter break, I come back for winter workouts, you know two months go by Alex going through the pre-draft process in Nashville. Like, you know, we're texting, but you just, you know, our lives are in different paths now. Um, but during those, you know, we already talked about how we were eating like crap majority of our time, having a lot of fun. Alex, he trains trades in Nashville. It's the first time in his life. He's has like a strict diet. He's following rules. He's being like really responsible and he, like what like he should do, right? He's training for the next level. He goes through the combine. He crushes the, Well, first of all, he goes to the senior bowl, destroys the senior bowl, He gets like the Gruden Raider sticker, like he's the man of of the Senior Bowl. Then he goes to the combine. He dominates. Only
1: fullback who was uh, invited to the combine that year.
3: Yeah, and he balls out at the combine. After the combine ends, he has like a two week break before he starts training for like you know visits at the at the teams, and he goes back. But he comes home on a Tuesday night, and Craig and I are on a couch, Alexa. Alex's girlfriend, she was still in Wisconsin. She's one of my great friends, one of, you know, and Craig's great friends. She was over. We knew Alex coming by. We're writing our like papers. We're all in class together. Alex comes, he walks in. He's like, guys, stop what we're doing. We're partying. So next thing you know, we all put our laptops down. We turn on music. We just like bring out a bottle of like booze or whatever. And next thing you know, like the four of us are just having like a dance party in our house. And my grandpa when he came to like, right, moved our, one of our houses, he gave us a bunch of like old wooden foldable chairs. Next thing you know, Alec is like destroying these foldable chairs, like throwing around our apartment, like stomping on them. Cause we're just like so pumped to see him. And he's like, he's doing it, man. He's doing the, doing the thing, living the dream. He's crushed everything he set up, you know, set out to do up until this point. Um, Yeah. And that was just like a hilarious night. And I still have Snapchat videos that pop up once a year from that night. And it's always a, a fun memory to have. Oh, uh,
0: social media was not there when I was there. Thank God, or else the it would have been bad news. Um, <laughs> this, bad news, dude. How? First off, how easy is it for you guys to start partying? Like, oh yeah, let's 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 crush it. You're like, papers down. I'll do it tomorrow.
2: That was not. I feel like it was just such a special moment. Like we never. It was never. It was always planned, premeditate. When when can we do this? When can we not? that type of thing. And it was, it was just one of those nights that didn't have any plans. And it was spur of the moment. I think that's what made it so special. Like you're just going through your normal routine. probably popping on game of Thrones at some point. Like that was kind of the thing (laughs) at at that time. And no, it was like, it was a special moment. You get to to celebrate something with your people that you haven't seen for months on end that you're used to seeing every single day. Um, I think that's what made it so special was like the one-off of it, the, the amount of like, randomness and like, let's just, let's just have fun and enjoy each other.
0: I love it. Many nights sitting on the couch doing inappropriate things, which with like two people. So uh, I definitely, uh, I definitely can, can feel that as you guys speak, it just brings me back. Like, although 10 years earlier, it's just like, Oh man, we used to do that. We used to do that. Uh, it's just so fun to hear that kind of the culture, the tradition, like the, the experience is similar. Cause I literally thought my experience was the best. Um, We'll transition out of booze and going crazy into, I mean, Alec, you, I want to hear, and I've had this question since you mentioned it, you transitioned into the, into the running back room. And you mentioned some of the names that were in there. How, how weird is it? Like, how amazing is it? How stressful is it to walk into that room with some of the best running backs, to literally ever step on the field. And the room was solid too. It
2: was the dog pound, man. It was, uh, that's, that's the only way you can really describe it. And I think everyone talks about it. Like you're each other's biggest fans. Anytime that you step on the field, you know how much has been sacrificed to get to that point. The amount of competition you've been through, like, I mean, you see it now in, in free agency in the NFL, like running backs are not the most valued assets anymore by organizations, but at Wisconsin, you know, you're kind of rare. And for those guys to put in that discipline, the amount of work, the amount of extra gasers, whatever it took to be able to get onto the field, like it's a wrap. You you just you cheer for those guys so hard, the competition level so high that once you crack through, like then you're off to the races.
1: Believe in Badgers is excited to be brought to you by Infinigods. Infinigods is a gaming studio with a suite of free, fun-to-play games centered around ancient mythologies and civilizations. Visit infinigods.com to play their first game, Infinimerge, and learn about their upcoming tower defense game. Play for fun or play to compete and take your shot at winning digital collectibles. That's infinigods at infinigods.com unleashing the power of blockchain games it's it's crazy when you think when you think about the talent like Daria Gumbawali, a six-year nfl veteran i don't think he ever started a game
2: no and he was like a, a third down back that would happen to run for 150 or 250 yeah. and, and score three touchdowns it's but crazy. like when he's hot he's hot and he's touching the ball and it's now you see the the role that he's carved out and he scored on us this last year uh, when the texans were playing the dolphins and um, he's doing the, the drummer dance and, and, you know, he's paying homage to his boys. And it's like, that's just, that's who he is. And like, that's the brotherhood that you create through the university of Wisconsin.
1: What's it like seeing all these badger running backs when you go against them in the pros? I mean, you talk about Derek Watt and Jonathan Taylor and Corey Clement and, you know, Dare and just seeing all these guys all the time. I mean, what, what does that mean to you as a badger running back?
2: It's amazing. I I remember, you know, getting to play against Melvin Gordon a couple times a year when he was at the Chargers, and then you know at the Broncos. And it's it's really cool to be able to see those guys succeed. And it's like, you know, you guys get to watch NFL Red Zone or whatever, but when we're watching clips of future defenses that you're playing and you see your boys just cutting up and like making explosive plays and they're on the explosive run tape. It's like, yeah, that's a Wisconsin guy. And you have some pride about it. And people are like, yeah, that's a Wisconsin guy. I heard you last <laughs> week. Talk about that. But like that's it's it's you never get tired about being able to prop
1: your guys up for sure. Well, I know we're about to lose demo here because he has to go take a work call, but a uh, demo, we're, we're going to give you the, your last question or statement here for Alec before you have to go handle business.
3: No, uh guys, thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure to, to hop on, Bernie. It's nice to co-host with you this time. Uh, I, I filled in your shoes. Hopefully I did it well. Um, did you proud. but uh no matter Matt, I could
0: do it. I'm about to get fired here.
3: Oh dude, no way. there's only there's only one Matt Bernstein dude. but um no, <laughs> thank I mean, God, Brett's, I love the interviews. like thanks for having me on. Give Alec a hard time. Alec, I love you to death. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll We'll be in touch soon, I'm sure. Everyone, Alex getting married this summer, so I'll give him a round of applause. Mm. Be,
1: wow. Uh, and uh, we we will have, uh, we're having uh, the new offensive line coach, Coach McNell, on us with us uh, later this spring, and Demo's going to join us for that to talk a little O-line to O-line uh, for us as well. So and you'll be seeing a lot more of Demo here, I think, over the next couple months and years because we just like having him around. So uh, thanks, buddy. We appreciate you hopping on with us today, and uh, we're going to keep taking up Alex's time. So. <laughs> yeah. Keep
3: it coming, keep it coming. He's way more interesting to me too. So ask him everything. Uh, I'm excited to learn. Don't talk too much crap when I'm gone. Okay. Love you guys. See you, Dave. Peace.
1: Okay, what's the craziest thing about Dima? No. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, Let's let's spend a minute here just talking about um, a a couple more, like sort of like quasi on the field things. You you know, you get to Wisconsin. You're you're starting fullback, like you know, pretty early on, and. What is, you know, once you've like established yourself, like as the guy, how did you step into that leadership role? And how was that? Was that difficult for you to to become a team leader at a pretty young age?
2: You're talking in college? Yeah. Um, I think everyone leads by their own, their own methods, right? Like you, Mm -hmm. as long as you're a genuine leader, authentic leader, I feel like people follow that. So I was definitely lead by example guy. Wanted to pay my dues, wanted to work hard did not want to to step out of bounds anywhere. Like I just want to make sure that I gained my respect before I ever brought anything up in, in a team meeting, in a group meeting. So that's kind of definitely a quieter side of things. And man, I think it's all about your preparation and your work. Like that's something I, I definitely believe in. If you're showing up early on time, if you're staying late, like you have the opportunity to step into that leadership role because you've been doing it because you've been putting the work, you've been making plays. And then that's kind of how you pay your dues, so to speak, not being patient, but like, you know, biding your time so that when it's time to speak, you have the Rolodex of, hey, I've been here there and this, that, and the third. All right, now let's, let's go play some ball together. And I feel like that's something that has been pretty, woven into the culture at Wisconsin, especially when, when I was there and I loved that aspect of it.
0: And I'm assuming that's the same as when you, when you took the next level in the NFL, just being a lunchbox guy. Yeah. I think you, you kind of take all the lessons that
2: you've learned and you're ready to apply them. So, you know, my second, third year in the league, getting named a team captain, you know, that's, you're a younger guy in the league and you, but you're a leader of men now. And to be able to kind of wear that cap is is one of the biggest responsibilities, one of the greatest honors I've ever had is wearing that C on my chest, but man there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that and to be accountable and to do all the little things right and to live in those margins and have solid character, someone that guys can trust and count on. Like that's some of the biggest for someone to trust you. Like that is one of the biggest honors that you can honestly ever wear. And to be able to have that at the highest level and then again as, as a college athlete like that's something where you build brotherhoods forever, and those are the people that are in the room. That's how guys remember how you made them feel and I feel like those those moments that you can't even describe, I think those are all the moments that we we're, we're all chasing
1: so talk about that 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 brotherhood and bond, especially as it pertains to the Wisconsin locker room because you know we we're, we're fortunate enough to have talked to tons and tons of guys who have played, and every single person has told us that there's something unique and special about the bond within the Badgers locker room. What was that? Describe that for you.
2: I think it's cool that nobody really goes in the locker room, right? Outside the players and you spend the most time it's your second home. And to see guys at all times, at all hours of the night, getting in the tubs, if they're sore, being able to go in a sauna, steam room, whatever it is, like you gain a lot of respect by just seeing the way that people work and the way that people prepare the blood, sweat, and tears that go from January, all the way to September, all of that preparation. And then even Sunday through Friday, the preparation to get onto the field at camp Randall, right? Like that is the sacrifice that everyone kind of sees behind the scenes and you gain respect for the guys that showing up early, staying late, being a good human being first and foremost. And that's where it's a dime a dozen in the, in that locker room is they recruit guys that are good human beings that care about one another, that have, an identity and culture that they're willing to stand on. And uh, I think that's, what's really special about the W. I think anytime you put that helmet on for a few hours, like it binds you, it doesn't matter what the, the last name is like that helmet, that W you put it up for kickoff. Like that's what binds guys together to be on a mission for however long it takes till the clock's hit triple zero.
1: Was there a guy when you first got there, whose work ethic you talk about like that, that was like, wow, like this is like what I want to model myself after.
2: I mean, there's a number. I think Derek Watt was the biggest one, just being present, like in the room, him being a senior going through his whole deal. Like I, I always wanted to be like Derek. I still want to be like Derek. I, I think he's an amazing like role model on and off the football field. I look up to that dude, no doubt. I think another one would be uh Vince Beagle. I just worked out with him yesterday. And it's like, he's down here in South Florida working out. And it's like, you see that guy wearing a, a Wisconsin hoodie. It's like, okay, th- this is, you have that bond of where he's been where you've gone through and where you're at now, it's you You see the work ethic to be able to translate all the way through uh, people's lives. So those are two guys, two vets that I definitely looked up to at the time. Dari was another one, Corey. I mean, dude, I, I, do I need a laundry list? Like I can literally write down any, <laughs> any guy who was a junior or senior when I was a freshman, love them to death, looked up to them. And it was the type of people that we were recruiting. And that's what led to so many new year, six games, so many, big 10 championship game entries. Um, Yeah, it was, it was amazing.
0: It's, it's funny uh, what you remember uh, Nick Davis. When I, we did the stadiums, you know, he was a number 22 He's a small little um, wide
1: receiver. Fastest dude ever. Very fast. fast. Biggest
0: bicep arms. He would go in there and just do curls after workouts. So I wouldn't say that aspect of him, but you, you come off the stadium, right? I'm day like seven, one, I, the one, of the first days I showed up with stadiums, but like down the line, you know, you, you don't think these guys care about you, but we did the stadiums. I'm on my knees, like on my, you know, hands on my knees, exhausted. And Nick comes over. He's like, he's like, Hey, listen, burn. Just, just stand up, man. Don't show him your, don't show him you're, you're tired or weak. I was like, all right. you know, in your, my face, I look like I'm about to pass out but it's like those little things that you remember when old guys just gave you that little bit and it, you know, and it, for me, I looked up to him for the rest of, you know, the, the whole year. Um, not the biceps thing. Cause he would go in there after everything and just do more biceps. I was like, dude, why you keep do it? Like, he's like, man, my shirts don't fit. I look good. I'm like, all right, Nick, you, I guess that's it's true, but so it's interesting. Like what you say is, is it really does stick with you and how important that is to be like a veteran for a younger guy talking about that for a second. W- were there any guys that you kind of mentored either now or in the pros when they first came either into Wisconsin or, or on any team you've been on? Yeah. I, I mean, when you
2: talk about that, it's um, those sink or swim moments. Those like you get put into the deep end. I talked about that earlier. Like those really, really challenging. You are exhausted. You, your legs don't work. Your arms don't work. Like that's the development at Wisconsin. That's what you get put through that. Those are the mat drills. Those are the spring ball. Like I remember switching to fullback full time that first spring ball. And I have to go block TJ Watt. Are you kidding me? Like he was getting after me every single practice. I couldn't block the dude, obviously. And it's like, that is the development that you go through. Together. And it's like, you struggle through that. And then to have that vet come and be like, Hey man, why don't you try this? Or like, <laughs> I hear what coach is saying, but maybe do it this way. And then it clicks for you and you're able to develop, you're able to, to progress into a starting role an all big 10 role an all American role an NFL role. I think those are the moments and, and people really bond over those struggles and, and those moments, like you said, running stadiums. And I just had PTSD when you're talking about those games, like my dude, my thighs started like quivering <laughs> as soon as you talk about it. But I think being able to carry that torch, uh, Mason stocky, obviously was a, one guy, John Chanel, um, the fullbacks after me trying to just give them anything I could free game, like pick my brain, you know, be able to be a resource the same way Derek was a resource for me. And I think that's just kind of the the tradition that makes things so strong at wisconsin it's not a competition man we're all getting better together and that product is going to develop because we're willing to all grow together
1: well i want to talk about growth is actually the perfect sort of transition we have here because you are now a published author congratulations alec this is throw that on the accolades too um uh it is from uh, d
0: and european history to published author (laughs) this guy Look at this didn't guy. Couldn't even
2: read that book and now it's like you wrote it your own? Are you You me? wrote
1: your own. So, Alec, you've you congratulations seven crucibles an inspirational game plan for overcoming adversity in your life. Um let's just start with the basics. First of all, what inspired you to wanna even write a book? I mean, that's a huge undertaking.
2: We're talking about like leaders and getting those moments and like those moments of inspiration. So, you know, Derek Carr as soon as I tore my ACL, I'm in the locker room. We just got blown out by the chiefs on Sunday night football. And he's like, listen, man, I've been through what you've been through, went through it, had my own season ending injury, uh, broke that ankle. It's like, do what you need to do for right now. But like, you're going to have to decide how you respond to this thing. So like, don't feel bad for yourself, make that decision, make it a conscious decision and go attack this thing. And that conversation in that moment was one of those things where it's like, okay. Can't control what life throws at you, but you can control your response to it. So I start picking people's brains. Who got torn ACL here, torn ACL there? What do you guys do? Like, how how do you how do you recover? How do you come back? I, I'm just becoming a student. I'm a sponge, right? And all these guys are like, dude, I journaled, got the emotions out on a piece of paper. Like, made sure that every time I showed up to the to the facility, to the training room, I was a consistent best version of myself. So I would journal. So I'm writing down, I'm journaling, I'm starting to read books, all these self-development, self-help books. I start realizing all these, these stoic philosophy books is everything that coaches have been saying since the beginning of time, since my (laughs) youth coach, high school coach, college coach, pro coach, adversity is opportunity is literally a team rule. Like, I'm like, what, what's going on here? I start seeing these themes. I start writing and journaling about it. I'm like, dude, I know the answers to this test. I know how to get back to the game that I love. So why don't I pay it forward? Why don't I use this as a silver lining? Why don't I turn these journal entries, start audio filing it away, start talking it out, 15 minutes of work there, 15 minutes of work back. And let's let's transcribe that and turn it into a manuscript and see if we can make a book to help the next athlete that tears their ACL, that has a season ending injury, that's going through tough coaching, that that doesn't see the light at the end of the tunnel, And give them a tangible game plan to be able to come back, to be able to overcome that adversity, to be able to thrive and grow through it. Because my goal, that decision that I made after Derek Carr says, I I want to be a better fullback after this ACL than before. And like I want to stamp
1: that. I have two follow-ups. First, crucibles is a really interesting choice of word for a title. Because you always see seven reasons or seven ways or seven methods, et cetera, et cetera. Why? Crucibles? And then secondly, everything I've ever heard about Derek Carr is that he is on a different level when it comes to good people and good human beings. I, I, I just I want a little bit more of your experience with Derek Carr because he's someone that I am even from afar. Because the Jets him.
0: just messed this whole thing up. Is that what you're saying?
1: No, it has nothing to do with. No, the we're Jets. not going
0: there. Sorry. We're not, we're not going I there. <laughs> get, listen, <laughs>
1: like,
0: Aaron Rodgers is holding us hostage. I know we're on a tangible here, and I'm very upset about this. If you couldn't tell, he's holding he's the new GM of the Jets. If you didn't know. Um, unbelievable
2: he's, it's unbelievable. He's the most it's le- the most leverage a player's ever had he's breaking he, barriers
0: dude randall cobb is like 500 years old M- mercedes lewis that's who you want we have concord he's not so bad i can go wait, let's not go down here sorry matt to cut you off but you brought so, it up
1: <laughs> two things a crucibles b Derek carr go crucible
2: is definitely a religious undertones like that's written in the book the bible multiple times and i felt like The way Bernie was just talking about a crucible being those stadiums, like that was a crucible. That was a moment where it took everything out of you, where you have to respond. How are you going to respond by not showing coaches that you're tired? Right. And that was that little nugget that a veteran gave young 45 to be able to get through that moment. So there is seven moments that I reflected in my life that I felt like it took everything out of me. Emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. So I'm gonna write about it. I'm gonna write about how I succeeded through it, or how I failed about it. And then let's take that lesson and give that nugget to the next person that's going through whatever they're going through, right? So that's what a crucible is. It's it's not a test. It's not a scantron. It's not a multiple choice. It's not a European history test. You know this is this is something that's going to take everything out of you. Every ounce of strain that you got. Every ounce of grit that you got. And it's going to introduce you to who you are. It's not going to tell you like what you're doing. It's going to, des- it's going to describe how you do it, why you do it, what you're all about. And I feel like that's what a crucible is. And I feel like that's why it's so powerful. So I didn't want to say seven tips, seven reasons why. Yeah. Like, no, it's, I, it, it, it's, it makes it, it stand powerful. out
1: too. It, to me, it makes it. Stand yeah, no, it's definitely so. powerful for sure. Yeah.
2: yeah. I was then, saying, uh, the
1: passion it's... you got for
0: just talking about it is getting me fired <laughs> up. I know it's it's my life man it's it's
2: what i lived through and i think that's what makes it so raw and and genuine and real and authentic is like i was writing this before i came back saying this is how success is going to look like i don't know what it's going to look like but it's going to turn out successful because i'm going to follow this playbook so i mean i i finished writing that thing july i hadn't touched a football yet i hadn't touched the field yet i'm still you know i'm not even in training camp yet and it was done written out, but I knew that that next season was going to be so impactful, so successful, so empowering that I wanted it out by the time the season was ending so that we can come back, we can have a a podcast like this and be able to say, this is how you do it. This is how I did it. This is how now go take this playbook and use it in your own life. Like go, go take the answers and run with it, man, For whatever you want to do. You want to be an astronaut, a vegan pianist, uh, the next fullback, whatever it is like, go do that. And I felt like, that's where there's a lot of parallels in in trying to accomplish your dreams,
0: Matt. You asked about Derek Carr, but you say you want to be the next fullback. It's going to be tough at Wisconsin. That's what we're hearing. What's your thoughts? First off, thoughts on like the entire. I, I know we're tr- we're going a different way, but thoughts on your entire your, your, I, I'm like on a roller coaster ride, up and down, up and down. I'm happy where we are, but talk about like your experience through this.
2: I mean, I think you're at a point now where it could sell one copy or it could sell a bajillion and it really doesn't matter as long as it has that, that impact on that one person. So being able to talk about it, be able to go to schools, hand them out, to be able to speak to kids, to be able to give a highlight video and be like, man, this is cool. You're hitting guys, jumping over them. Yeah. But listen, this is what it takes to get there. And this is how we relate through the pain, through the adversity, through the struggle. And it's like, dang, okay. Like, it's it's a little bit more than just a highlight tape? Like, let's, let's own everything that we're about to go through. And that's a lesson that you get from a guy like Derek Carr, a guy who's been through his own journey, who's been well-documented doing everything he can for an organization. And now he's going to go do it for a new one. And it's like, he can't control what happens to him, but he will control his response to it. And I'm sure he's going to do everything in his power to be successful by it. And it's like, that's where it's really cool to see uh, a lot of guys develop that way. To be a part of Brotherhoods at Wisconsin in the NFL and just kind of share in those moments and then hopefully use that platform for some sort of good, some sort of purpose so that it's bigger than just yourself.
1: Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> I, I think it's it's so wonderful and it's such a wonderful mission. And I think it's it's really important for, you know, I or I shouldn't say important. I think that it's really wonderful that you're like giving back and giving this advice back because like, I know that you know, it, it, especially with, you know, just the way that you've talked about it, it's, it sounds very like applicable to even someone like me who, you know, dropped his pads after a senior or high school kind of thing. Right. Um, but um, I I want to shift here quickly as we close up though, playing in Miami, you've now got a couple other badges with you. You played with AVG, you played with Vince. What's that been like to team up with guys that, you know, are also Wisconsin in South Florida? How has that experience been like for you guys?
2: We can bond over hating the hundred degree training camp weather. We can bond <laughs> over sweating ridiculous amounts, copious amounts of sweat because of how hot it is down here. Uh, but no, it is cool to kind of have that, that foundational understanding of what they're about. You know, Dave and I talked about that to be able to hang out off the field, to be able to develop those relationships for so long, like that's irreplaceable. The, the development that we went through at Wisconsin is irreplaceable and it was the same. And very similar. So to be able to see those guys thriving, surviving, they're all going through free agency. I hope they all get paid a bajillion dollars because they all deserve it. They all worked. They all earned it. Um, Yeah, man, it's been really cool to be able to share the field with those guys, not just, you know, in Wisconsin colors, but also in the league.
1: And then what's it like to play with the um, being on being the fastest team in the in the in the freaking NFL? I
2: don't belong on the fastest team. I feel like there's just different specimens. I don't know. I think you're the fastest, You're
1: probably the fastest fullback in the NFL.
2: I so yes, but then you just watch Tyreek Hill run, and then you're like, no, <laughs> you're like, no, we're not the same. His acceleration, deceleration is unreal. Him and Jalen Waddle race each other off their get off the ball speed. And it's like, I'm trying to run as fast as i can and they're just zooming right past me like then you
1: can't even forget about raheem mostert either who's also yeah it's
2: raheem jeff wilson both those guys behind me they're burners and it's like you cannot hesitate for a single second i think that's why they send me so so much pre-snap motion because like i just need the running start to get going (laughs) so i can get in front of these guys it's um it's really fun to be on really explosive
1: Has that been like, I mean, has that been a fun transition for you moving from like sort of that like old school pro style system that you guys had in uh, in Las Vegas um, to now being, you know, this is much more like this is very new. Like his system, like obviously Coach McDonald's, it's it's very, it's new, it's different, it's exciting. Like what has that transition been like for you? And, uh, you know, have you, do you feel like you get to sort of utilize your skill set a little bit more?
2: Yeah, I think football is football, right? So like. The concepts really stay the same, but the way that it's taught, the way that it's manipulated, the way that you manipulate the defense in different ways, from different concepts, from different foundations, I think that's, what's really cool to have both of those understandings, the West coast, and then the Shanahan tree, like you're able to kind of blend it, right. You're able to understand when you need to be physical, when you need to really drop the pads, when you can really just position block and to be able to have a foundational understanding of like, learning concepts in football just being football from a different lens kind of helps you blend that and really bring things to life so that um it's fresh it's new you can be a student of the game you can learn a whole new language but then you can bring your own footprint fingerprint onto it uh, if that makes sense
1: yeah absolutely that's absolutely. awesome man. well i think that's actually the perfect place for us to wrap up here today Make sure to go out, uh, support a local bookstore, and buy uh, mm. and, and buy Alec's book, if at all possible. But you know what? If you need to get it on Amazon, get it on Amazon. I have it on Kindle, so I really shouldn't talk. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, get out there and uh, buy Alec's book. Follow Alec on the social medias. Um, and Alec, even though he's a Jets fan and I'm a Bills fan, we can both say that we're rooting for you and the Dolphins as long as they're not playing our teams. So, uh, and, and we can still root for you. I, I still root I, for
0: you when you yeah, play the Jets. Listen, I'll take it. For you when will take Bills.
1: It. Absolutely. Absolutely. But at uh, this
0: point, I don't know who's, I don't know what I'm a fan of anymore. I'm very, I was so for a uh, car coming and so against Rogers coming. And now I just am, I'm feeling for the first time in 40 years, who, who am I going to cheer for? I don't know. We gotta we'll recruit you. Let me let me give you a little little one pager of why you should cheer for the
2: Dolphins. It starts with Jalen Ramsey, I think. <laughs> but uh we're just gonna keep developing it. We'll we'll massage it out. You'll be a Dolphins fan in no time. It's gonna be okay. We'll we'll a make
1: it work. Pager. The Miami yeah. Dolphins also have the best NFL team fight song. Do you know the Miami Dolphins NFL team fight song? Have you ever no. heard it,
0: Bernie? No.
2: It's um it's electric when it's kind of like um it goes to the tune of like the, the roll out the barrel song type of deal with like at a Packer game or whatever, but it's the Miami dolphins. And it's like, people are happy. You just scored a touchdown. We're about to you know keep it rolling. Yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome.
1: Miami has the dolphins, the greatest ever seen. They run the ball from gold. Yeah. It's, 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 it, it's great. It's, it's a cheery song. It is. It's very fun. It's very fun. So Alec, we wish you nothing but the best. Thank you so much for being generous with your time with us here today. Uh, go out and buy the book, and uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, make, thanks for tuning in to the Believe in Badgers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag and Finnegods. And until next time, on Wisconsin.
0: On Wisconsin. Let's go. Oh, Yo, man. Alec, you're the best, man. Thank, the man. You. Thank, thank you. This thank is you awesome, so dude.